Good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one, Make Difficult Conversations Less Daunting. We're also going to be chatting with Christina later on and we'll be talking about good leadership in the 21st century. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Kimberly Claire Campbell, who's a digital mentor at the Hunter Region Business Hub. We're going to be talking about digital guardians. Good afternoon, Kimberly. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks very much for joining us. So, this is a very interesting su- subject. We are setting all these social media accounts. So, what happens to them if we pass away? So it's it's a really fascinating thing. We do. We we'll set up Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Snapchat, but we never stop to think about what's going to happen to those accounts when we're not here anymore. So each social media platform has a different way of handling accounts and it's really good to get a heads up on those. But it's important to appoint what I call a digital guardian, somebody who's over 18 years of age who you authorise to deal with all your social media accounts in the event of your death. It's a good idea to have a chat with them and let them know what you want done, whether you want your accounts deleted, downloaded, memorialised. That's a tricky one. Mm. Um, So most of us have Facebook accounts, even if we don't use them very often. And for Facebook, you can appoint a legacy contact. So your legacy contact has the ability to delete your Facebook account or memorialise your Facebook account. So if you choose to have your account memorialised, your legacy contact can post a final message, announce your memorial service on your timeline, respond to any friendship requests, update your profile and your cover photo, and down, uh, download an archive of your photos and posts. Um, And many of your listeners will be relieved to know that your um, legacy contact cannot read your um, your private messages in the Messenger app on Facebook. They can't post messages pretending to be you. Uh, They can't delete any images, even those embarrassing ones we wish weren't there. And they can't log in to your account and pretend to be you. Um, And if your family or your legacy contact has decided it's time to delete your memorialised account, uh, they can contact Facebook Helpline and Facebook will do that for you. So so what happens if I don't appoint a legacy contact? So if you don't appoint one, your account will automatically be memorialised by Facebook as soon as they become aware of your passing. Well, that takes care of Facebook. What happens with Instagram accounts? So with Instagram, they don't have a legacy contact. Um, So if um, Instagram becomes aware that you have passed away or if your family or friends notify Instagram, they will automatically memorialise your account. Um, They do need to have some proof of that, so a death certificate, an obituary or a news article. Um, But Instagram won't let family members or friends of yours change anything in your account anyway, and your account will stop showing up in public searches. 
if you're an immediate family member or um, somebody, you can ask that Instagram remove your account, but you need to prove that you're an immediate family member by um, producing a death certificate or a birth certificate of the deceased person. Well, another important account to consider will be our Google account. That's correct, because just about all of us business people have Google accounts and Google My Business. So with Google, you can appoint a an account trustee and you can also appoint up to 10 trusted contacts. And you can decide what you want shared with each of those. So you might want certain photos shared, certain emails or certain calendar dates, and they might be different for each of those trusted contacts. And it's a little bit tricky to find out where to set this up, but if you go into myaccount.google.com and you look at the data and personalization section, you'll find what to do. There's a section that's what to do with an inactive account, and you can go in there as the owner of your account and you can nominate those um, account trustees or those trusted contacts. And you can nominate when they'll be contacted after your account has been inactive. So if you don't use your account for three months, that you can set up an automatic trigger that will let people know via email that uh, you may have passed away and they are a trustee of your account and this is what you want them to do. So you can write an individual message to each of those trustees. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, so you can personalise it. Um, and you can decide how long that, until that message goes out, so between three and 18 months after it's um, been inactive. And there will always be a notification one month before that timeout period to just let you know that your account's been inactive and do you want your trustees to be notified so there's no surprises uh, and you can choose whether they can download delete or make a plan for your data so uh, what about twitter and linkedin do we have similar things there yes so with twitter they won't let anybody access your account in the event of your death however they will work with your relevant relatives to deactivate or delete your account but again they need lots of information to prove that you are a relative of the deceased person and with LinkedIn family members or close friends are allowed to delete your account but with LinkedIn it's really important that we the owner of our account keep all our information up to date because LinkedIn likes to know a lot before they will let that account be deleted. So they need to know the member's name, the URL of the LinkedIn profile, your relation to that person, the member's email address, the date they passed away, a link to their obituary and the company that they most recently worked in. Many of us don't update all of that information regularly. Mm -hmm. We might have two jobs ago in our job search. So it's important to have somewhere where you keep that kind of specific information for your digital guardian. Um, other companies like Snapchat don't let you nominate digital garden, guardians. They simply let your account become inactive over time. So it's really important to discuss with your family what you want happen to your social media accounts in the event of your death and whether you want images downloaded or you want your whole account deleted and interestingly there are new businesses emerging where you can set up 
um, accounts with them and they will take care of all your digital memories for you. Well, it's certainly important to plan ahead for those uh, different social media accounts. Uh, and talking about new businesses, we've talked often on the radio about the new Enterprise Incentive Scheme, which is a government-sponsored program, and I believe you've got a program starting soon. Yes, we have. So for those people who are currently looking for full-time work and keen to start a new business, there is the NICE program or the New Enterprise Incentive Scheme and it's a free five-week course, uh, Certificate 3 in micro-small business and during the course you produce a business plan that runs for two years so you know how to operate your business for the first two years of your business and you also get access to 12 months business mentoring. We've got a, a course starting soon here at the Hunter Region Business Hub at Curry. And if any of your listeners are interested, they can visit huntervalleyhub.com.au and find more information. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Kimberly. We'll have a chat next month. Thank you, Julian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kimberly Campbell there helping. It's a very important area, isn't it? Thinking about what happens to all those social media accounts if we should pass away. And of course, if you are thinking of running a small business and you're eligible, always remember that new enterprise incentive scheme, which has been running for nearly 30 years now with the government support. Time to have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you on this lovely I'm sunny day? Is it very, sunny there? Are you, you're in Melbourne. I am in Melbourne, yeah. yeah. It's sunny down here, but it's very cold. It's beautiful here, and it's 19 degrees. Oh, lovely. Sounds <laughs> great. So we're going to talk about good leadership in the 21st century. Yes. So I'm at a, um, a summit called the Good Summit, and this morning we've spent a little bit of time talking about what good leadership means um, mm. at, you know, and, and how do you exemplify good leadership. And some of it actually uh, we've, we've mentioned before, but I thought it was a really nice time because I'm mm. here to revisit that um, and how good organisations actually lead um, through purpose and through connectedness and encourage potential in their people um, that work for them. So it's that whole potential purpose connectedness um, that, that operates through good leadership that creates um, powerful and um, impactful organisations. And in the 21st century, as we all become more connected, how do we live our lives to show that we have um, the benefit for everybody um, you know, at, at, our, at our core? And I know we've mentioned um, Zappos quite a few times and yeah. how even, even through retail... So a retail, online retail company has, has the image of wowing through customer service. So we spoke briefly this morning about what it was like for when you had a good retail experience, how that made you feel, and when you had a poor retail experience, how that made you feel. So when somebody was friendly and, and wowed you through their customer service and you know wanted you to have um, a great day, how that felt as compared to somebody who didn't want to be in their job, couldn't wait for the clock to tick over so they could go home, um, and even, even to that point, how you are affected as a consumer, as somebody in a community, by the attitude of the people that serve you, which comes back to company culture. Uh, so these people, you know, Zappos, is, they're on the phone and they're making people feel good. And, of course, uh, if you've got a bad manager, one that's always antsy and going on at you, that's going to come flow down to the customers anyway. That, correct. And the, the worst 
somebody makes you feel, the worse you're going to go and make other people feel as well. Mm. Um, but then we started talking about the power of an individual and how leadership, and we've mentioned this before as well, leadership isn't just our traditional ideas of leadership. Everybody, in fact, is a leader in their own right. So what does it mean to lead yourself personally in order to have a ripple effect on others around you? And I know some, some wonderful people who have exhibited um, qualities of leadership but who are project managers and who follow um, the leaders into their purpose uh, and come behind them and tick off all the boxes. Mm. Or other people who have influenced people, like, you know, we go back to the Rosa Parks um, example. Rosa Parks was the reason that Martin Luther King started a movement. So one woman's, one woman's decision, you know, on one day to sit in a particular section of the bus and not move was another man's impetus to create a whole movement. So one individual impacted one man who then impacted thousands, you know. So mm. it, it's all mm. this... Um, all this onflow effect from good leadership in business as well. Um, of, course, of course, another point that links in with what you talked about with Rosa Parks, uh, a leader can be anywhere within an organisation. Absolutely. And, you know, you can have people on your front line leading your clients and your customers just as brilliantly, brilliantly as you have a leader um, leading your managers, you know. Mm. So you're absolutely correct. A leader can show or a person can exhibit leadership qualities anywhere through the organisation. And, you know, there's, there's people that we look at and we go, oh, they're a crazy leader, you know, like Elon Musk. People will look at him and say he's crazy. People will look at people like Steve Jobs um, and say that he was so totally focused that there were so many things that he missed around humanity. Um, and then there's leaders like Jacinta Ardern, and, you know, who's almost enough to make me want to move to New Zealand um, because of the empathy and the compassion that they're showing. But I think what we're, what we're noticing in business and with leaders in business is that we are more focused on leadership having purpose, leadership having connectedness, leadership through love um, is actually coming through to the fore as well with people like Jacinda Ardern and also um, Marianne Williamson in the US is campaigning for president, you know, presidency on a campaign of love. Mm. So that, that total juxtaposition to what we're seeing with the chanting and everything that was instigated by Donald Trump the other day, which we really won't talk about. Um, <laughs> but, the, you know, those, those positive leadership qualities and where they can take us in our humanity because clearly, you know, potentially, hopefully, we're sick of, of um, just the total commercial um, outcomes of organisations and we're going for more purpose, more connectedness, more potential within organisations. Right. Well, thanks very much for your time. You, you enjoy the rest of that conference. We'll have I a chat will. with you again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with... What makes a good leader in the 21st century? We've got time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one, make difficult conversations less daunting. Difficult conversations are inevitable, but if you manage them properly, you can keep your relationships intact. First, don't think of the conversation as difficult. You only feel nervous and upset. Instead, frame it in a positive, less binary way. You're not giving negative feedback. You're having a constructive conversation about development. It can help to jot down key points beforehand, but don't write a script. Try to see the other person's point of view and ask yourself, what is the problem? And what does the other person think is the problem? If you aren't sure, acknowledge that you don't know and ask. Then deliver the tough news in a courageous, honest and fair way. Just don't play victim. 
The worst thing you can do is to ask for sympathy by saying things like, I feel so bad about saying this, or is this really hard for me to do? So it's an interesting point. We do have to have those difficult conversations sometimes. Just, uh, it's a mental thing, so come across the, uh, the best way you can. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at uh, the uh, digital guardians and your social media and a, and a quick chat about the, uh, the new enterprise incentive scheme if you're thinking about going into business and good leadership in the 21st century. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll talk about the family business sector with Wendy Foster from Family Business Australia. Have a minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. Until then, I'd love uh, your company again. Have a prosperous week and tune in next week at the same time. And as Albert Schweitzer once said, success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you'll be successful. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.